1: The Bucs may use a franchise tag on Shaq Barrett. What does that mean for Jameis Winston? And the Lightning snapped a four-game losing streak with a win over Calgary Saturday, but suffered the biggest loss of the season as Steven Stamkos is out six to eight weeks with an abdominal injury. And Blake Snell is getting a cortisone shot in his left pitching elbow. How concerned should the Rays be? And the Tampa Bay Vipers, they finally win their first game over the D.C. Defenders, No sign of Quentin Flowers, but the Vipers did win, and Taylor Cornelius, well, he wasn't cheered, or was he? What happened to Quentin Flowers? We have all that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Hey, before we get started, we appreciate you guys listening Monday through Friday. We'd love for you to tell a friend about this podcast, and we'd love for you to rate and review this podcast if you get a chance on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, wherever you listen to it. We'd really appreciate it. And, again, thanks for listening. All right, so over the weekend, and I wrote about this a uh, couple Sundays ago, Steve, that you know the Bucks. I guess, Ian Rapoport reported, or maybe it was, according to my sources, it was Adam Schefter. The Buccaneers have probably most likely told the Shaq Barrett if they can't get a deal, they will franchise him. What does that mean for James Winston? Well, we, we talked about that, that if you were going to have just one tag instead of two, assuming the CBA gets done and you either have a transition or a transition tag, which we'll explain to you later, um, that you know, it makes more sense in many ways to, to apply it to Shaq Barrett than it does with Jameis Winston because you know, no matter what you say about Shaq Barrett, that's going to be a huge deal, right? Whether you franchise him as an outside linebacker or, or a 4-3 defensive end, you're talking between 16, 18, maybe upwards of almost $20 million a year. Um, Shaq Barrett is 27. He's not a guy out of college. He's done this one season. And granted... Look, he led the entire NFL with nineteen and a half sacks, and Bruce Arians has been clear to say that he is not a a one year wonder. That this is real, and this is a guy that uh, they expect to play at a high level. You know, for as many years as they have him. Um, but having said all that, it's not. It's a tricky. It's a. It's a big money deal. It's a tricky thing to negotiate. And what would be wrong, um, in 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 a general sense, if you're the Bucks to say, hmm, let's go ahead and franchise him because. You know, certainly he's earned the 16 to $18 million a year figure. Uh, and then it, it, if he begins to duplicate what he did, you know, back in 2019, it uh, gets off to a good start or we're halfway through the season and he's approaching 10 sacks and we're like, okay, he's legit. Let's go ahead and lock this guy up for, you know, two more years after this. Guarantee a bunch of money and and he's our guy. Um, because it still is, even if you don't think it's a one-hit wonder, it still is, in fact, just one year. 14 sacks, through five seasons as a backup player, then he gets to become a starter. Now, what could affect Shaq Barrett is your ability to re-sign other people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, they've talked about Jason Pierre-Paul makes Shaq Barrett a better player. So does Ndamukong Sue, and both those guys supposedly want to come back. Um, so what does that mean? Well, if you franchise Shaq Barrett, which, again, I think it makes a lot of sense, if you can't get a deal done with him, then it means Jameis Winston's a free agent, Stephen, there's just... Look, this is looking for all the world to me. And, and, and I could see them getting a deal with Shaq Barrett because I think he wants his money and he wants to get himself locked up. So that might change things. But I a couple of things I know about the Jameis Winston situation. One, they don't want to pay him $27 million a year. Okay? And, and if you franchise him, that's what he's going to earn. And so that affects who else they can sign on the defensive line and everything else. Um, and, you know, The other thing is, is that I don't think they believe that there's a huge market for Jameis out there. Now, it only takes one team, and a lot of those dominoes have to fall with Tom Brady starting with him, and we'll get to Tom in just a minute. Um, But I I almost feel like they'd have to have somebody in mind, clearly, if Jameis makes it to free agency. But it doesn't preclude them from re-signing Jameis either. I mean, they could both go out, look in the open market, Jameis discovers that he's worth more or less than the bucks think he is and then everybody gets to decide, right? But once you put him out there, there's no guarantee that he's going to come back and and there's, you know, a lot of feelings are hurt and and it's difficult to to reel some of these guys back. Now they did it um and it wasn't the quarterback position. They did it with Doug Martin a few years ago. If you recall, you know, he was had had that big uh, you know, contract year where he rushed again for 1400 yards or so. Um and you know, they let Doug Martin go out to free agency and risk losing him. But Martin was able to establish what his market value was with the Raiders and some other teams that bid on him. And he came back and he signed with the Bucks for that amount of money. Now, it wasn't a good signing, as it turned out, because we know he didn't play very well and he got suspended. But you could let Jameis Winston do that. The problem is you have to be prepared to move on. And I think that more and more this is looking like um, that, that maybe Shaq Barrett would be the guy... Um, that they would tag. Now, from what I understand, they've not told his agent, Drew Rosenhaus, yes, we are going to tag your guy. Um, they're still talking. All they've done is make Rosenhaus aware of something he already knew, right? Which is, look, and this is called leverage. Um, love to have your guy. Love to extend him. But if we can't agree on a market value, we're going to give him a one-year tender, and we're going to go ahead and say, you know, sh- prove it to us again. and And even at any point, um during the season let's say he gets off Mm -hmm. to another great start you just say you know what cool let's sign into a long-term deal
0: well the other part of the franchise tag is you can still negotiate a long-term deal i think it's like till july 15th
1: absolutely
0: so it Mm -hmm. just buys you more time to get a deal before the season it doesn't mean that Shaq won't have a long-term deal if they do franchise him. that's right it just means they haven't come to a a deal by march 12th or whatever that date is that you have to Mm -hmm. make that decision 12th so yes. you know a j green's in that same situation in cincinnati They've They mm-hmm. reportedly are going to franchise him, uh, but I believe the hope is they get a longer term deal done before the the deadline. I think it's July fifteenth or right around that that date. but the thing about Jameis is if you let him get to free agency i don't think there's a chance he comes back
1: no i don't either and because i I think the the reason is his feelings will be hurt. Even if he takes less money to play someplace mm-hmm. else, I think he goes somewhere else. It,
0: it, the Bucks don't believe that he's worth $27 million. He thinks this mm-hmm. is his big payday.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: He's going to get it elsewhere. Or if he doesn't, I can't see him coming back here for less. Right. And I think it's that the hurt feelings. I'd, if I'm going to take less money, I'd rather start over somewhere else.
1: In a weird way, it's not the same thing, but in a weird way, it's a little like Gerald McCoy, right, where Gerald mm-hmm. McCoy was under contract for $13 million that mm-hmm. wasn't guaranteed. But when they came to Gerald and they said, you know, would you take less? We're not going to pay the $13 million. His response was sort of, really? Okay, well, if you're not going to pay it, then cut me because I'll take less, but if I'm going to take less, I'm going to take it somewhere else. And I think, Jameis, I know – in my heart of hearts, that as bad as James would love to finish the deal here, play for the Bucks, um, you know, all of, prove everybody wrong in Tampa Bay, that that there is still going to be a part of him and his family that says, "Don't push it. You're better off. I mm-hmm. take less money to go someplace where you have a chance to win." And you know, screw these people. They didn't care enough to protect you. Go get your go get paid. Go prove it somewhere else and get your money.
0: And I couldn't blame him for that.
1: No, not at all. I
0: mean, you know, if, if you think you're worth this much, mm-hmm. and the the place you've been for five years says no, you're not. We're only paying you this. Then, mm-hmm. and, and I can get that same money somewhere else. I'm I'm going somewhere else too. I couldn't. I, could, even I less. can't fault him for that.
1: Yeah, even less. He may he mm-hmm. may take less and go somewhere else because maybe he thinks, you know what? They like me. They want me. Mm-hmm. This team I was at, they didn't care about whether I left or not. They hung me out to dry. They put me out in free agency. So you know what? I'm gonna go someplace where I feel wanted, where they're gonna roll out the red carpet, name me the starter, whatever. And the the funny thing is is that I don't think the Bucks know where that is anymore because if you look at all these teams, they either have a high draft pick that they're likely to take a quarterback, or you know, even in the case of Carolina, which at one point looked like an option for Jameis, you know, it looks like for all the world that Cam Newton will be back even after that Liz Frank injury. So a lot of these guys going back to their same teams. We saw Drew Brees do it, you know, in New Orleans. Yeah, there will be some free agent quarterbacks out there like Teddy Bridgewater and some others. Um, but, you know, if I could find a job for the same or, or, or you know, more money um, or even a little less, why would I want to stick with a team that's told me after five years they don't want me back in, well, in so many words?
0: And here's the other part of this, too, is if the Bucks let him get to free agency, he's hurt and upset, do you really mm-hmm. want to bring him back? If you're Bruce Arians in the box, no, do you want no. a quarterback that's bitter or angry? I mean, and, and everybody handles that situation differently. Some, it would be a chip on their shoulder to prove them wrong mm-hmm. and to show that I am worth what I thought, thought I was. And others would play pretty poorly or just not be as, I don't want to say as dedicated, but you, you know, they're just, not, you know, when you're not happy, you don't always perform as well at work. Right. And, you know, this is a job for these guys. And, you know, do you want a quarterback who's not happy to be here? So I I think if Jameis gets to free agency, he's gone. I I don't think either side benefits from bringing him back at that point.
1: Right. And I've questioned – look, I've questioned some of the things that Bruce has said already, which I'm happy to report and write about. Um, But to me – and people say, well, this is just him, you know, negotiating for – you know, through the papers or whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know about that because – you know, when you say that, for example, after five years, um, that's he's still an unknown quantity, unknown quantity after five seasons in this league, after a guy that just threw for fifty one hundred nine yards and thirty touchdowns, when you say stuff like that, uh, I don't think that helps you in negotiating, and I don't think it helps your fan base, mm-hmm. right? That that you're you're basically, and now you're going to turn around and resign this guy and go, nope, we're going to we're going to win the Super Bowl with him. I guarantee it. Like. Yeah, but you just well, got done dragging them through the mud, telling us all the reasons why, you know, December wasn't what I hoped it would be, and you know the turnovers, and and you're you know you're kind of pointing out the negatives, and then you're going to sell me on this guy. I think that's a tough thing for Bruce Arians to do right
0: well, now. Not only that, but you're not doing Jameis any favors, and no. so you know if he goes to free agency and your head coach is saying you're an unknown, or you know you're
1: quantity, you're unknown yeah.
0: quantity. Man, I'd be pretty right. bitter if I'm Jameis.
1: I would too. And yeah. and especially the people around Jameis. Like don't forget, mm-hmm. even though he has relationships with Clyde Christensen who, you know, you know talks to him a lot and different people, those people that are influential in his life, they're they don't work for the Bucks. <laughs> okay. Most likely their names, the last names are Winston. <laughs> and so, I mean, you know, you can't discount that. I mean, he's he's a grown ass man and he's, you know, twenty six years old or what have you. But listen, I mean, you know, He's going to listen to the people that he thinks has his best interest in heart, and if some point the Bucks turn away from him, now again going back to Shack, I don't blame them for for locking Shack up. Um, you know they want to keep the defense together. They don't think it matters if they can't. They won't have a core to win with anyway. Um, but this is this is coming down to the nitty gritty. I mean, we're talking about March twelfth. Here is when the deadline is for the tags. Now we're to ten go days out. away. Ten days. That's it. Ten days. And then March 16th, which is just, you know, four days later, is the start of the legal tampering period. And mm-hmm. if Jameis Winston makes it to the 16th, that's what we're talking about. You, he could go anyplace. He could already have a deal. Um, and that the agents and them are just waiting to release, even though they're not technically, wink, wink, nod, nod, supposed to talk to other, uh, other, about other teams. Um, it's it's going to happen, and it's going to happen quickly. And it all starts with, uh, with Tom Brady. Did you see there was a, there was a post – it was Julian Edelman, Edelman, and they were they were at a basketball game, I want to say, him and Brady. Yeah, some sporting some, event, yeah. Some sporting event, and Brady's sitting there, and, and Edelman's kind of going like, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. And then Brady didn't look too on, happy. No, he didn't <laughs> look. And depending on how you read lips, like Brady said something to the effect of not true. Or, that, or he's, it's not, not, true, he's or not. He's Or, yeah, or, you know, something like that. And, um, I'm not, I'm not good enough to read them, but it was very uncomfortable. Um, you know, but the smart, I don't know if you saw this, but like Jeff Darlington, who, who's done a lot of stories on Tom Brady professes to be sort of in that circle, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's his agent Don Yee, or somebody else, he came out um, the other day and said, you know, unless something drastically changes, I'd be extremely surprised if Brady, you know, went back to new England and, he, you know, I heard him on Dan Patrick, he couldn't elaborate a whole lot, but I mean, he just said that, you know, I think this guy's gone, you know, in so many words, I think he's moving on. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, there's obviously the dominoes will fall. If he goes to Las Vegas, then Derek Carr's available. If he goes to Tennessee, then, you know, maybe Ryan is available. And then the Bucks have to have those guys evaluated and, and, and figure it out. But Man, this is this is coming down to the wire. This is drama. Make no mistake about it. I, I, And I'm telling you, I don't know that they know. I think they're all sort of waiting for Tom Brady to make a decision and then let the chips fall where they may after that.
0: That's going to be curious because, you know, free agency, I think, starts, what, the 18th at 3 or 4 p.m. or whatever that yeah, is. Right. You know, Brady doesn't have to make a decision right away. Mm-mm. And there'll be a lot of teams that wait. It'll be curious what teams don't wait and go ahead and sign – Philip Rivers or, you know, whatever other quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, um, you, you know, that's the the other part of this is it's kind of a game of chicken for everybody. If Brady doesn't decide right away, mm-hmm. you know, if you're the Bucks, do you go sign Philip Rivers or Teddy Bridgewater or somebody else? And Well, you, you, it's or, musical or,
1: chairs, right? You yeah. can be left without anybody. That's, I mean, that's what I'm could,
0: saying is you yeah. may be left with Marcus Mariota or, you know.
1: <laughs> God forbid, yeah. Or you may have to draft, move up and draft a guy in the first round. But you're exactly right. I mean, that's what this is about. Like, if Brady does nothing at the start of the free agent signing period, then all these other teams, including New England, are going to become after these guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's no guarantee that you, you'll have a quarterback left. And that's why, look, so much of this groundwork is done in the bars and the restaurants in Indianapolis, um, even though they're not supposed to talk about guys that aren't quote unquote yet free agents because we haven't started the new league year. We all know it happens. We all know those conversations happen. They just they just started decided to name it the legal tampering period as opposed to what was going on every other day of the year, which is the illegal tampering period, hoping that these guys would at least wait 3 days before signing them um, you know, to announce it. But none of us none of us are naive. So, you know, there well could be a deal struck with 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 teams and, and maybe the Bucks know where Brady is going. That's their job to figure that out. Maybe they, you know, maybe they know where Teddy Bridgewater is going or um, you know, Phillip Rivers or any of these guys. But I think it's gonna happen really quickly, um, you know, once once the Brady news is done. And I'd be surprised if the Bucks don't have plan A, plan B, plan C. They've talked about this. Uh and Jameis is part of that. But mm-hmm. If you let him get the free agency, I'm with you, Steve. I think that changes everything. I think that that tells the guy that you know what you weren't worth keeping. Um, you know, go out and make your own fortune. Um, and and Jameis will embrace it. I think Jameis will embrace finding out what other teams think about him, mm-hmm. finding out what 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 how much money is there for him. And you know, the, you got to be prepared to. To have it go sideways on you, but and it'll be man.
0: interesting because the streak will continue. The Bucks quarterback has never reached Isn't a second, that second contract.
1: Second? That's um, is unbelievable, and, and we thought we Jameis
0: would be the one to break it.
1: We did, and we all know the names. Right? And he might Tester still, Young, he could. He, and I guess we can't. We would count the franchise tag as as breaking it because, in fact, that would be a new contract. So, um, but man, yeah, it's 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 an it it's unique to Tampa Bay and. They just see, And that's going to be a factor with the Glazers because the, the singular thing that I'm told the Glazers are worried about is not whether they win or lose next year. It's whether or not Jameis Winston becomes the next quarterback to leave Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl with another team. And you can talk about 2000 with you know, Trent Dilfer and he was just sort of a you know, passenger in that whole thing, but you know what? He still won. And we all know Steve Young is in the Pro Football Hall of Fame um and and so you know Benny Testaverde had a 20-year career and made it to the championship game so they've, they've got this history of having good quarterbacks that move on but there's also you know the Mike Glennons and the Chris Sims and you know there's been other guys like that and I'm not comparing Jameis necessarily to them but you know you just don't know and, and even if he you know Jameis were to go on and win somewhere else you don't know if he had ever won here under these circumstances but I can't believe we're sitting here, you know, just days away from finding out, you know, just but, what's going to happen with the franchise tag, and doesn't that I mean, tell you something
0: know. about the Glazers, though? When you're in that, you can't you can't make decisions scared about what might happen. Mm-mm. You've got to evaluate what's in front of you now and make the best decision at this time. Absolutely. I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. but you can't you can't make decisions scared about what might happen in the future. No, that's not a way no. to run an organization. No, and if that's exactly if that's right. factoring in the decision, that tells you something. I mean,
1: well, it does.
0: You have to you have to evaluate Jameis right now, and is he the mm-hmm. best option going forward for your team? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 a lot. There's a lot of factors in that, not just his play, but salary and and mm-hmm. what other free agents are, are available are get and this that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, right. it's a whole. It's not a simple decision of is Jameis good enough or not. No. There's a lot of factors no. in it, but. It can't be. Well, we're scared in two years. Jameis will win a Super Bowl somewhere else, right? If right. that if that's factoring your decision, that's that's not that's not that's not making the best decision for your franchise.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I I would agree with you, and yet I think I still think that'll be a thing that they'll have to come in there and. Um, and, and I've been told that this is a concern of theirs, and I understand why. I'm with you. I don't think it. You know, you can't look at it that way because every circumstance is different. And it doesn't mean that if you kept him for 20 years, he would ever win a championship here if what he needs is not here. Um, And and that is a good football team. And so, um, yeah. The the more
0: relevant question is if Jameis stays here, if you re-sign him, can you win a Super Bowl with him? That's the more relevant question, not can he win it somewhere else because there's a lot of factors that go into that, Mm -hmm. including coaching and the players around you and management and everything else exactly but can Jameis win you a super bowl here that's the question you need to be answering not would he go elsewhere and win
1: right no totally agree totally agree so we'll follow that all this week and there'll be a lot more coming up and rumors and innuendo especially about tom brady and um and how that affects Jameis. so um like i said this is going to run through uh, at least the 12th uh, when the tags are supposed to come out of march and then You know, a few days later, um, the legal tampering period between the 16th and the 18th, and then 4 o'clock on the 18th, teams can actually announce the signings that they have made, the agreements they made over that three-day legal tampering period. So we are oh so close to finding out uh, what the future of the quarterback is next season. Meanwhile, you and I both, uh, you from a different perspective, me in in a uh, sky suite with my daughters, watched the Tampa Bay Lightning break that four-game losing streak, boy, they needed that one. And I thought it was interesting, Steve. We'll get to Steven Stamkos here in just a second. Um, But, you know, the power play has not been necessarily what they wanted it to be or special teams in general. Six for
0: 66 going into the game in 2020.
1: Yeah, that's – yeah, I guess I undershot that. I mean, it's horrible, right? Yes. But to go, you know, two power play goals and a shorthanded goal on special teams – they really couldn't ask for more, and yet it was still these guys, man, they play some nail biters right down to the wire again with Calgary, only this time they got over the hump and won.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, it was good to see the power play, and they retooled the power play, especially missing Steven Stamkos, but they were even doing that a little bit before they announced his injury Saturday. Um, Sergeyev kind of taking time on the top line in that. The the amazing thing about their their stretch when they went 23-2-1 and is that they were doing it. With their power play struggling, normally when you go through a, a stretch like that, winning ten games in a row or you know twenty three out of twenty six, it's because your power play is 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 red hot and you're getting a lot of special team. You're getting a lot of points on special teams. They weren't, and that was the amazing thing about that stretch was how well five on five they play, and, and, and you know, and it's still going on in this four game losing streak. They were struggling on the power play. And, and they and it was their penalty kill that was letting them down during that four-game losing streak, more than anything. Right, right. Um, that, you know, if they get this power play figured out, they should be rolling again. Because five on five, they play very well. And, mm-hmm. and, and the penalty kill's dipped a little bit right now. Um, and, and you know, p- part of it may be just some new faces. And, and you know, while Blake Coleman and, and Barkley Goodrow look good on the penalty kill, but you're you new know, people, you're still missing McDonough and, and Jan Ruda. Right. Um, you, you know, you've just got... There's a lot. There's a lot of new faces, in you know you got Zach Bogosian back there now. You've mm-hmm. got a lot of change, and they're trying to figure things out. And now they've got to figure it out without Steven Stamkos for at least the next six weeks, which places that he's having surgery today. And and if you didn't hear, he's having surgery on a core muscle injury. Mm. Um, they're expecting six to eight weeks, including rehab, and, and that to get back. Six weeks would put it at the first second the, game of the first round uh, or probably like third or fourth game i mean that's okay. you know depending on if they start wednesday thursday or friday yeah, it would yeah, be yeah. The, the somewhere Monday. in the so, first
1: first series
0: yeah. yeah you're talking somewhere in the first round eight weeks would mm. be somewhere in the second round coming back right it, assuming right. it it is only six to eight weeks now i i don't know what the injury is and, and every core muscle injury can be different in surgery and circumstances but for instance Sidney Crosby. Um, earlier this year was had a core muscle injury. He was supposed to be out, I think, six to to four to six weeks or something. He came back in nine weeks. Oh wow! And there's been other players that, but I don't know if it's the same injury. You you know, there's there's all kinds of factors in that too. Um, mm-hmm. And some of it is, you know, early in the regular season, maybe you're not rushing back. Where you know, maybe Sydney could have played a week or two earlier, but it was the regular season. Don't rush it. I mean, you know, there's right. those factors that go into. If you're in the playoffs, it's a different story. But um so yeah, Steven Stamkos is out 6 to 8 weeks so they're without the captain.
1: Well, that's the thing. They I mean in addition to, you know, being such a great playmaker and and of course on the power play and and you know, one of their leading if not their leading scorer, um what they miss is the intangible of Steven Stamkos being Steven Stamkos in that room, mm-hmm. right? When things go bad, when things go good, um he's he's always been the vocal sort of tone setter um for that team. And so it's going to be a very difficult thing for them to lose that um even though they're 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 plenty talented enough to advance mm-hmm. without them um I, I still you know they they got one of they got the greatest goaltender i think um in the world today uh who can absolutely take a series almost by himself sometimes and, and so you know there's no reason mm-hmm. for them to think they can't go a long way and then hopefully they get them back but emotionally, and how about Stamkos's career? Right? Well, I mean,
0: look, the, the Lightning are no strangers to going in the playoffs without Stamkos. No, I mean, this isn't. This is the fourth time in his career he's going to miss some playoff games because of injuries. Yeah, um, and, and yeah. you know if you remember back in uh, the one when they lost to Pittsburgh in, in the uh, the what, the Eastern Conference Finals, I mean, the only game he played in the playoffs was Game Seven of that. He came back for that Game exactly. Seven. Um, right. You know, I mean, he's missed significant playoff time before, so it's it's nothing. There, this isn't new for them. It's not nothing no. you want. But they do have yeah, experience in, in this, and mm-hmm. you know your hope is is look, you know, assuming barring some collapse going down the stretch here, they're going to end up at either the one or the two seed in the in their division. Mm-hmm. They're going to you know get home playoffs in the first round. You're not going to have to face Boston until the second round. That's right. And your really hope is, uh, you know, and that's assuming the Lightning can get by whoever their opponent is. But you're hoping Stamkos is ready for that round too at this point mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, you need to get through round one and I'm not, not taking that for granted. You can't do that after last season, but right. Um, you, you know, your hope but is you know what? But your hope is. It also makes your team better because other players have to step up. Now.
1: I was going to say in some weird way, um, this is better knowing it now, mm-hmm. right? That mm-hmm. he's going to be out six weeks. than if you were getting ready to get in the playoffs a day or two before, and then bam, you know, he has one of these injuries, not only knocking him out of the playoffs for as long as you're in, um, but you know, also, you know, you're unprepared for it. I mean, as much as now, you know, okay, we're mm-hmm. going to have to play a certain style. We're going to have to move guys around on the power play. We, we know we're not going to have steam and stamp coast, So now we have a nice little runway, um, yep. to try to, to try to prepare for that. And again, you're not going to replace him cause you can't replace nope. the Stamkos. You can't replace his voice, you know, in the clubhouse and all of that. But strategically you can try mm-hmm. some things. And you can figure out how you're going to play without him. You know, this is not like you woke up the day before uh, your first series game and, and it found out he wasn't available. So I, I think, you know, fortunate comes to mind. I mean, I, but, but Stamco, I mean, he's had so many of these injuries and, and, and so many of them around the playoff time. It's just really, you wonder where his career would have been, would be right now um as great as he is if he could have avoided some of these and it's nobody's fault right i mean he just i think he'd hurt. be a
0: surefire hall of famer I do based too. on the number of goals and points you have at this point and he's Absolutely. still young i mean he's still young and oh, yeah. a lot more to play oh yeah you know the i mean we've talked about you know one of the issues the lightning had this year, issues is not the right word but one of the things they have is they have seven top six forwards on this team and They've struggled all year to either get Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn is generally the one who will go down to the third or fourth line for stretches, and then their game struggles offensively. Is that and, and then you add Blake Coleman to the mix, who can be considered a top six forward. So they have enough depth up front to make up for, the, for Stamkos for six to eight weeks. And, and the good thing is is they have a, a, a good cushion on the number two seed in the division and still a chance to catch Boston. They're going to play Boston twice this week, including tomorrow at home and then Saturday in Boston. Um, right. So all of a sudden, you could be really close to Boston by the end of the week. Mm-hmm. But they have enough forwards. Uh, you know, I I've, say this going, you know, going into the playoffs, the two players you cannot have hurt is Vasilevsky and Hedman, because mm-hmm. yeah, you agree. don't have depth there. Mm-hmm. You don't have depth to replace those guys. Stamkos, you don't want to lose them, but you have enough depth to make up for it. Right. It, it's Vasilevsky and Hedman have to be healthy for the playoffs for you to make a long run. And and yes. that was part of the problem last year. Is Hedman was not healthy
1: that's true and uh Bazzi is and, and he's playing well so um they're still a great hockey team they they still have everything in front of them but it is it's disappointing um to say well, the least well you you know you, you, you talk
0: about a four-game losing streak and you know they haven't done that in the regular season since 2017 hmm. they're still 24 6 and 1 in their last 31 games
1: <laughs> right with a four-game losing yeah streak.
0: that's pretty good
1: yeah <laughs> you'll take that right <laughs> Just how you get there is what bothers you. Of well, course.
0: you know, and and you've got 17 games to go. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you want to try to you know you're trying to secure definitely the two seat in the division because you want home ice for the first round. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is about playing the right way and getting your team ready to you know getting the power sure. play fixed, getting you know figuring those kind of things out, getting Zach Bogosian, Barkley, Goodrow, Blake Coleman. Mm-hmm you know, involved in figuring out exactly where they fit in the lines and everything, you know, how, how you want to run everything. I mean, that's what sure. the last 17 games is for the lightning because they put themselves in a great position going 23, two and one over a 26 game span.
1: Right. And in that standpoint, they're better off knowing now that stamp coast may be
0: out. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds. And I'm here with Keith co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters, May 17th, Do you want to tell people the big news,
1: Uh, Or or at least budding superstars not feeling well. Blake Snell is getting a cortisone shot.
0: I guess he's had one by now in his left pitching elbow. We just can't Uh, have nice things.
1: (laughs) Hashtag we can't have nice things. I mean,
0: dropping a a statue on his toe. Now it's a cortisone shot. I mean.
1: Was it really a statue on his toe? I have no idea. (laughs) That, That one. I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that one out in my mind. How you, you come out of a shower and drop a statue on your toe? Hey, but,
0: you know, I'm going to go ahead and move this heavy statue in my bathroom while yeah, I just got out of the shower. Right.
1: While I'm nice and wet and the floor <laughs> slick. Yeah, that's yeah. Let's
0: not towel down first. I often try to um, redecorate at that point.
1: Ugh. Look,
0: I feel I,
1: I they're kind of. I, first of all, no one gets a cortisone shot because they they feel good, right? Like you only get those things <laughs> when. There's so much swelling that you're just like, yeah, um, this joint's not working right now. Can you help me, please? I've had one of these cortisone shots in my hip, and I'm here to tell you, that's not where you want to get it. I don't know where you want to get it. You don't want to get it in your hip. <laughs> promise you. Um, and it does work, though. I mean, I will say that like, after I was managed to get off the table in a couple of days and that stuff started loosening up, it actually did make make my hip feel a little bit better. I don't think that's the idea with the with the elbow in as much as um I, I mean if he's got minor soreness and some swelling yeah this will help but you know Blake Snell had some issues a year ago this is not the guy you want to have happen and yet it seems to happen around the league this time of year in spring training guys get out there and they finally start to cut it loose a little bit and here you go right
0: Well I guess you know the same case as Stephen Sanchez because I'd rather it happened now than
1: Then later, yeah. you know,
0: opening day or, you know, whenever he's going to pitch or, you know, early Mm -hmm. in the season is you've got a chance to, you know, even if he misses a week or two into the regular season, you know, it's it's April, not, you know, you're not missing time later down the stretch when you need him more.
1: Exactly, exactly. So I guess you could say he's fortunate in some ways, but man, it was a bummer um, hearing that he's going to be out. And and yet they, they came back and they won a very close game against Calgary for a minute there. It looked like a replay the other night when they, you know, they scored twice uh, in rather quick succession, and all of a sudden they're in a dogfight. But, um, but the Lightning needed this one, and they, they managed to pull that out. Finally, we'll wrap it up on this. How about your Tampa Bay Vipers finally get win number one?
0: Who had the, right? who had the under? Because, I mean, you know, who was expecting a shutout?
1: I, well, Jerry Glanville, I suppose, yeah. who's still the coolest eighty-year-old coach in football.
0: <laughs> you see him on the. I, I was hoping he was with, still wearing the double headset though when they interviewed oh, him on the sidelines.
1: Man, lines. he had the shades on. He's got yeah. he. He still got the boots. Tremendous. Yeah,
0: yeah he's tremendous.
1: Uh, I like that a lot. And uh, but no, Quentin Flower. We haven't talked about you know Clinton Quentin Flowers going awol. That's that's not a good look for him. Um, you know, it's not like the Vipers have said a whole lot about it uh so from that it's definitely not
0: a good look when you leave and then the team actually has their best performance
1: (laughs) that too (laughs) yeah you're exactly right um yeah so i mean look uh taylor cornelius is not a household name even probably in his own household right um but he played really really well i mean he did what needed to be done and they got their first win and they did it primarily with field position he led them to a score in the first possession and um, they they played good football. By the way, almost nobody saw the game. <laughs> if I don't know if you saw it was on it was yeah, on the TV stands look pretty empty. Yee, oof they announced twelve twelve thousand one hundred, something like that. Yeah. Um, but who knew yeah. your Vipers
0: liked prime time? I mean that's all it took was them to get into prime time and they performed. True.
1: True. Yeah. So they just like the brighter lights, I guess. Um but, you know, hey, as far as it's good entertainment, I suppose. We don't know what's up with flowers. Uh you know, so for those of those of you who care about the XFL, at least they get win number one. And I, don't know, I do think it's maybe. pretty
0: cool. Like they were showing uh, halftime; they were in the locker rooms at halftime. Mm-hmm. Talking to players, and I, I know you know fans think a lot of times the coaches are just sitting there yelling at players or getting them motivated or whatever else, and it's they're all just yeah. kind of sitting around. And I mean, there's some meetings and some little discussions, but it's not necessarily meetings, yeah. the way you think of it. You know, the movies never portray that. It's you know the coach sitting there trying to inspire everybody. Or there you go, yeah. You know that's and it's not the way it is. It's kind of cool to to see that with the XFL. Some of the access. Oh, they I, give. I love I love the, the headsets. Hearing what the headsets they're saying and. Yeah, it's tremendous. Yeah, I think there's a lot of cool things the XFL is doing.
1: Yeah, it's tremendous from, from hearing the play call. I'll tell you another thing that I've never quite understood is, too, and they have this in the XFL, that when the communicator is coming from the sideline, the helmet never shuts off. In other words, in the NFL... It shuts off before
0: the end of the. Uh, I believe the play it's clock. like 15 seconds to go in the play right. clock. They and, shut and off, and of
1: course, these guys are able to read for the quarterback the different defenses and mm-hmm. and where they should go with the ball and all of that. And I think overall, um, you know, given the skill set, it's made for some really good quarterback play. I think it's been interesting um, to watch, you know, to watch that kind of occur. But um, there's a lot of things I like about the XFL. I think that the NFL should adopt a kickoff rule. Mm-hmm. I um, like the, t- the one, you know. two,
0: and three-point conversions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if the yeah, NFL that's... will ever go that far with it, but maybe the one probably and two. Not. Maybe the one and two. I don't know if they'll ever do a three. but
1: Yeah, yeah, Pro- probably probably some variation of that. They but...
0: could do you, uh, you know, a one-point conversion from the two and a two-point conversion from the ten or something, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Eliminate some of the kicks and, and and keep keep teams in the game, even though they're trailing by a bunch and, you know, a touchdown and a two-pointer is not going to get them back in it. So I like that. I like everything about that. Finally, the Vipers win a game and, hey, congratulations to them. It was time. And again, I don't know what's up with, with Flowers, but we'll have to follow them and, and, and see what they do right now. It looks like um, Taylor Cornelius is doing a good job. They ran the ball really, really well. That was kind of their thing. And of course, defense uh, pitched a shutout for Jerry Glanville. So that was pretty much the weekend in sports in a nutshell. Um, of course, I was back from Indianapolis at the Combine. we got a busy week coming up uh, this week on the podcast, Steve. We'll probably have a chance to catch up uh, with Diana Neros, right? Yeah, we're supposed to catch up with
0: her. Chris Torello is supposed to come on this week as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I'm sure we'll do a mailbag somewhere in here. So if you want to get some questions in, feel free to start sending them in now.
1: Yeah, I got one in uh, in today, as a matter of fact. You can, and he did it by email at, uh, let's see, it's rstroud at com. but you can reach him on Twitter at SportsdayTB or uh, my Twitter address is at NFL Stroud. And again, rstroud at com. So lots going on this week, and I think more quarterback talk. Look, it's not going to go away. We're going to be dealing with this now up and through March 12th. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of stories, a lot of speculation. Much of it is pushed out by agents. I would say this, just be buyer beware, right? Um, even according to which, just, those guys, too, talk talk a lot to the agents. What? And, the
0: agents are talking?
1: Well, well, only to the national guys. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> they don't always talk to me, I can assure you, but they like to put out the message, right? And so, um, you know, th- those are sometimes red herrings, but we pay attention to them and we write about them. Uh, the, the real proof will be, you know, when they get to the tag day, whether or not, um, Jameis or Shaq Barrett is is tagged, and that will depend on whether they can reach deals with either or both. Uh, and, and then we'll see what happens, you know, between the 16th and the 18th. I think this is going to be a fascinating year. They've got 19 free agents. they got all these guys on defense they want back. I think it's going to happen in a hurry within the first few days. And um, if the quarterback's not on board, you know, for whatever it is they want him to, to play for, he's they're going to move on. And I don't know to whom or what. But uh, I, I know this that that Brady kind of holds the key to a lot of this, and there was a lot of buzz at the combine about Derek Carr kind of wanting out of Oakland, and you know, would would the Raiders get rid of him? I'll say this: I've heard this, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too deep in the woods about it before we sign off. But I, I, I'm not sure the Bucks are big Derek Carr fans, to be honest with you. I can't explain why, but I've just kind of heard that that might not be, uh, they're you know one of those door number one, two, three, or fours that that they've let everybody believe they're talking about. So we've got lots of quarterback talk, lots of time to talk about free agency. In the meantime, thanks for listening. We're here every Monday through Friday, as I mentioned. And for Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Strada of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.